Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Family Matters. It's really good to have you all here tonight. Um, tonight, we're talking to Rob and Rochelle um, Oosthuizen, and we're going to be talking about missionary work as a family, which is quite a cool topic because many of us go do missionary work um, as individuals or as a couple, or we wait till we're retired to do it. But Rob and Rochelle have been doing missionary work as a family over in Sri Lanka and Cambodia, among other places. Um, they even had one of their children born while they were over there. And so they're gonna share their experiences tonight and their encouragement about doing missionary work as a family. Uh, so let's just open with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for the ability to talk like this over, um, over GoToMeeting. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that our blessing, that, that our evening and our discussion tonight would be beneficial, that someone would be encouraged to go out and preach, whether away from home or even at home, that your word would be spread abroad. Please help us in this. Give us the strength and the courage that we need. We give you our thanks and praise through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So I just thought I'd do a Bible reading, quick Bible reading. And the one I chose tonight was uh, from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, which says this. In the presence of God and, Jesus, and Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. So with that introduction, welcome Robin Rochelle. Really good to have you here tonight. Uh, really good to have you with us. Have you frozen or have we frozen? Someone's frozen. I hope that's not us. No, no, I think you're all right, Robert. I think that um, that winter chill down the South Island might have just frozen their screen down there. <laughs> it's frozen the Southlanders. Okay. Thank you, Rob. Isn't frozen screen, Rob? Okay, Rob, it looks like you, your picture's slightly going again. We're all back online again. Yeah, we can hear you now. Is it okay for you? Oh, yeah, that's good. That's much better. So, as I was saying, welcome. Good to have you here. <laughs> really good to be able to talk to you guys. So, what sparked your interest in doing mission work in the first place? Um, well, for me, um, when I was a very young lad, um, I can't remember what age I would have would have been, but um, I wouldn't have been in double digits. I uh, wouldn't have thought. And my um, my aunt, Auntie Leone, um, in South Africa, came back to South Africa after doing, I think, five years of mission work in Costa Rica. And I remember being uh, very uh, intrigued by her stories and her experiences. And uh, really, from that time onwards, I, I, I always had a, a longing and a desire to be involved in mission work at, at any opportunity. So. Um, that really is, uh, and once once I had a taste of it in um, in Africa, um, yeah, I was just very keen to um, take up any other opportunities that, that came along. I don't know about for you, Sean. Oh, really? I think it's because I always saw the Bible Missionary magazine lying around, and my dad always used to read it from cover to cover, and I did too. And it fascinating. And I've always been interested in other cultures. So, I guess I mean missionary work can happen at in any country, but uh, my interest was in taking the word to our flung, flung places. Yeah. So did you both do mission work individually before you were married? Um, I, I certainly um, did, and um, um, to some extent in uh, Zimbabwe, north of, uh, of South Africa, and uh, Ghana, and then six months in India and Nepal before um, we were married. And Rochelle had come to South Africa on a couple of occasions and 
been exposed certainly to, I mean, South Africa really is like a mission country to some extent because it's, it's so multicultural and a uh, lot of the outreach work, if you go out to visit um, the, uh, the, local, the, the native Africans in their rural settings, it's very much like um, mission work in a third world country. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we started doing mission work together, obviously, as once you were married and, start, and had a family. Uh, where did you go and why did you choose those places? Oh, I think the first place we went to was Mauritius, wasn't it? Uh, which happened to be on the way to South Africa. You couldn't fly direct to South Africa in those days. So um, we met Rob's parents in Mauritius and spent a couple of weeks there. They'd been there before uh, with the Ecclesia doing Bible studies and visiting the, you know, um, around the Ecclesia ecclesial members we only had rosie at that stage just yeah. our eldest daughter yeah. um and then so when we, how long did you spend in mauritius how long did you oh, spend in mauritius? a couple of weeks i think yeah, yeah it was a short visit yeah. en route yeah. yeah um and then once we were in south africa then rob would go because i just had this the little one so he would go off with his aunt and go and visit um um african brethren or contacts who are out in the middle of the bush somewhere and they'd have Bible studies and you know she did she ran a lot of correspondence courses and things so she was making visits to very you know uh, contacts showing a lot of promise yeah but yeah. I didn't do that but I, I guess our first um, more extended um, foray out into the mission field as a family would certainly have been the trip to um, or the uh, it's more like an immigration to Sri Lanka for um, two to three years and um, that was after trying to um, go to uh, South America. We had um, asked the CBMA and I think they got a bit frightened by the number of kids that we had. Yeah, we only had four at that stage. But there had been repeated requests um, and appeals for help with Sri Lanka that we had read in the Bible Missionary magazine. Mm. Um, and so when we um, found out that South America really wasn't an option for them, they said um, just not yet, the timing wasn't right for, for them there. So um, we um, wrote to the Perth Committee who look after Sri Lanka, the ACBM Committee in Perth, and um, they just uh, were like super enthusiastic and supportive and encouraging mm. and delighted that we were willing to contemplate going. So we felt very well supported there and mm. uh, that support really remained throughout our time. So we were two and a half years then in Sri Lanka, um, about seven months in South Africa um, before we uh, returned back to New Zealand and then another trip to um, Sri Lanka for six months, about five years later, and um, then another five months or so in Cambodia after that. Oh wow! So, yeah, and a month in in Malaysia in the middle. Mm, with a bit of time in Malaysia. Yeah, so that's uh, as a as a brief tour of duties. Yeah, and yeah, no, that's exciting. Sorry, I was just no, going to no. say, Rob has gone. Rob has gone with the children. Um, at other times, you know, one one at a time, he's taken, uh, he's gone to Burma, uh, sorry, to Thailand for the Burmese. And I took Reuben with me to, to Thailand mm. and I took Rosie on a three-week um, South America um, visiting trip for the Ecclesias. So um, I've, I've just tried where I can to take some of the children because um, it's just a marvelous exposure to them of um, wonderful zeal in, in, in amongst contacts and young people who yeah. are wanting to learn the truth. And it's it's I just like so it. refreshing and helpful for them to see that um, um, when the circumstances around have nothing to lend themselves to um, right. prosperity yeah. and happiness. Yeah. Yes. So we asked earlier, or oh, well, sort of, I mentioned it earlier. Why why would you go with a family? I mean, it seems like, you know, major, you're going to have major trouble if you go with a family. Well, that's, well that would be, you know, what I would think. I don't know a lot of other people think that. You know, you've got health problems, you've got you've got education, you've got you've got less time to do do the work. You know, what is the benefits of going with your family? 
Good question. Um, yeah, okay. yeah well, <laughs> the, thing is, the thing is, if you're keen and you, you're wanting to go and um, be involved in supporting local brothers and sisters and preaching in a different culture and you have a family, you have two options. You either um, wait until your family's uh, left, as you say, or when you're retired, or yeah. else you um, try and muster every bit of courage you can find and, uh, and, and do it. So, and did it take uh, much courage? Um, definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, it's no small undertaking when you've got um, little children. I mean, you don't know how their health will be. You don't know what access to medical facilities you'll have. You don't know um, how they will settle. You don't know whether they will manage with the food there. Um, so, there are all sorts of things that um, we're concerned about. One of the real blessings that um, that helped us by God's grace was that there was a very supportive couple who were leaving Sri Lanka that we would be taking over from and, and uh, we plied them with questions really and yeah. they gave us a lot of um, local yeah. knowledge and information which which was very encouraging for us yeah and then they mm -hmm. stayed I think for about a month after mm -hmm. we had arrived to help us settle into yeah yeah so, and did your children adjust quite well to being in a different country and a very different culture? Yeah, for sure. Way better than the parents. <laughs> children, children initially find it very difficult because they, they like things to be the same, you know. Um, yes. But once they sort out, they get used to the concept of, you know, the heat, you know, and what they can eat. And we worked hard to try and find things to keep them busy and I mean for instance Rob built a sand pit at the mission house you know and we managed to find some diggers and things for the boys and found it we found a blow-up paddling pool no one else had ever seen one like that but you know those sorts of things to kind of um, ease the transition for them and then they start to make friends with the neighborhood kids and within six months certainly a lot sooner but within six months they just um, are totally adjusted. You mm. know, there would be no hankering. That's their new home, yeah. Because they were quite, you know, our eldest was seven, nearly eight. Uh, you know, seven, five, down in, you know, hops of two years. So they were still reasonably young. I think perhaps if the, once the children are older, it makes it a little bit more difficult to adjust. Right. Yeah. But uh, the yeah. one constant for them was um, the, the schooling that we were doing because we had chosen to homeschool. And one of the reasons for that was that we hoped that that might be transferable for them if we did uh, undertake some mission work. So that was a real blessing because at least that was familiar for them. And when it was school time, they knew it was the same here as in New Zealand. They could carry mm -hmm. on with that. So yeah. um, that, was, that was a great help, I think, in, um, in settling them. But other, other families um, we know of have um, tried to put their children in schools um, or have just done the same, have started homeschooling when they were doing mission work. Yeah. In India, did that, yeah. didn't they? Mm. I mean, we did look at putting their children in the local school, but um, their, their schools are quite different to ours. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to, you know. It would, it, I mean, the one school we went to was apparently a good international school and it just looked like a giant chicken coop, you know. There was just... There's no glass, just all this netting on the windows, and it was a concrete block, you know, multiple stories high. And I don't know, there must have been about 500 kids there, and then a big patch of dirt outside to plan. So we said thank you, but no thank you after speaking to the, <laughs> the principal, you know. Um, they thought no, and if they wanted to go to a nice school, it would have been, you know, prohibitively expensive, and they would have had to spend yeah. an hour and a half in a van each way to get to school and home again so right. yeah we thought yeah. we could spend their time better than that you know they had, could have their school done in those in that van time <laughs> and yes. you know, we, could, we could pack up our, the kids and the and and go off and do two or three days you know trip out in the back country visiting contacts and things it didn't really matter if they missed the school for that period of time yeah or we would just take along some essential school things and they could do that along the way if if necessary if it were if right. um, if the trip allowed for that, yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. So, what did your day look like? 
in Sri Lanka, um, for instance. Can I just go, can I just go back one? Okay. And and just go. So what what were the big advantages? Did you have some big advantages of having a family there? Um, yeah, I, I'd say it's certainly uh, the the may, the biggest advantage I think above all was that it allowed um, the local people to see that we were um, there amongst them like locals, and that we were living there a life as a family, that we weren't tourists, and that we were therefore facing the same struggles and challenges with everyday life that they were, and. Um, that really, I think, just helped us um, warm to the locals a little more readily. And then by virtue of the fact that you have children, I mean, Sri Lankans particularly, they just love, they dote on children anyway. So um, having, having your own children there uh, helped in building rapport with, uh, with our contacts hugely. So that was that was a major plus in trying to present the gospel really as a family orientated gospel, um, where what happens in the home with family is all extremely important part of our witness. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, so it, it went a long way to building a Sunday school and that sort of thing, I suppose too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as soon as we turned up the Sunday school quadrupled in size. I think there was one child that you, they, Ken and Dorothy used to um, have for Sunday school, but then of course there was our four. And then once, you know, we'd been there a couple of weeks, the kids were, there are lots of neighbours with lots of children and then they're all interested in these little white children because you don't often sit, you see a lot of tourists, but not so many children, uh, nice. very few children. So then they would come over and play and then the kids would say, come to Sunday school. So yeah, it wasn't any virtue of our own really um, that attracted children by any means. It was also that, that our children um, were seen as an opportunity for um, the parents of other children to have um, their kids learn a bit of English um, and to have some company with people from abroad. But that gave us opportunity really to just um, to, to share um, Bible stories with them. And um, cool. that was a, had a, con a counter blessing for our own children, of course, because then they would um, look forward to having all that company at least once a week. Mm. That's right. Yeah, great. Yeah. Sorry, your turn. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, yeah, can you share with us what your days, what your day looked like, what your every day might have looked like? Um, it usually began early with me going out to try and um, find some ripe um, papaya, pawpaws. Okay. <laughs> passion fruit and bananas to make sure that I could have that prepared for the the family when they were um, up. But we would begin then uh, on the bicycle. What's more, yeah, on the bicycle. Guys on the bicycle, <laughs> and um, then we would come back. I would um, might, might have prepared that, but then we would do the Bible readings together as a family, um, and then um, it would be homeschool while I then usually prepared some classes um, or used to help with translation of um, booklets because a brother um, who was in Sri Lanka used to come around to do translation work of English pamphlets into Singular, the local language. So um, I would work with him on that and um, try and help with some of the typesetting. Um, perhaps go then out and, and do jobs in the morning again while the, the children were schooling. So it could be visiting the uh, the printers um standing in lots of queues for paying bills um looking at placing advertisements and then generally in the afternoons um were the better times for visiting uh, families or contacts mm -hmm. so that's when i would desert ranks again and um go out and uh, meet with contacts and have bible classes while rochelle um continued with school or with the daily round really of, of washing and cleaning and okay. cooking and looking after the kids. And uh, some contacts would come to the house for classes. So um, they would all again take place during the, the afternoon or evenings. Um, and yes, yeah, then I'd come back for, uh, for tea and um, we, I would, um, on a number of evenings of the week, I would also go out again after dark 
to go and have classes at people's homes. So that was, um, Rochelle didn't get out and about um, a lot, but we did go on fairly regular trips to go and visit contacts and brothers and sisters uh, in distant areas. So we would then all bundle into um, the mission van, which um, was purchased six months into our, our stay. And uh, then we would head out and do that together as a family. And the kids would just sit quietly uh, while we um, had a class with mm -hmm. contacts. So nice. quite a large part right. of our life was uh, was unscheduled there in the sense that we um, were we were on the move as a family, um, either visiting contacts or going down to Colombo because there were things that we could only do in Colombo as as the capital, like uh, visa renewals or buying essential things we needed that weren't in the fishing village where we were staying. Um, so yeah, we 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 did a lot of miles in the car, um, but during that time we listened to lots of um, um, Bible verses to song um, for the children, and they still stuck in our memories from that time because they went round and round and round. So, um, <laughs> good. It, it, was, uh, it, it was it was a very beneficial time really to, to, to spend all that time together. It was, it was. I was just amazed and um, <clears throat> as people commented about it when we got home, um, how quickly the children learnt to be as self-sufficient and self-directed and, and being entertained, at, just as the kids in the local, you know, local kids are, you know, they, they play with nothing. They just go out and play. I don't really know what they do. They make up games and then after a while our children started doing it too. You go somewhere and then they just take themselves quietly off somewhere and they'll be playing you know it was within you know within a walled compound or just outside the house yeah. where we were inside talking to somebody you know a contact yeah they would amuse themselves just very easily themselves you know mm -hmm. right. seek or watch some ants or play mm -hmm. play some sort of game marco polo yes. seemed to be one of the ones i didn't know what that was oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 So one of the questions that I know a lot of people wonder about is that when you decide to go and do missionary work, well, whether as a couple or a family or or individually, how do you how does how does that work financially? Because um, obviously you you know you're gonna you're gonna be you got you still got expenses and you're not working presumably. Yep. Very much so. So I mean, primarily we relied on. Um, a living allowance from the um, ACBM, and they were willing to to help us with with that on a, a month by month basis. So that that at least gives you some peace of mind that you'll be able to feed the family and provide for essentials. So that was a that was a real blessing. Um, but then we had obviously a substantial uh, commitment to get to um, overseas in the first place with our, you know with our airfares. Yes. Um, and while we had some savings towards it, it was uh, it was a huge cost that we were facing because there were six of us um, initially, and um, uh, by God's grace, uh, um, we we were sent a check for the full airfares by a very kind brother, um, oh, wow. and um, that again was just huge encouragement for us to. Uh, it was actually God's yeah, will. Yeah, it was go. God's will for us to to yeah. go and to not not be uh, faint-hearted so that was a blessing there and then while we were abroad you know we, there was a time when we wanted to go to um, we would love to have gone to India to attend a Bible school for some encouragement and um, meet with other brothers and sisters because there's so few in Sri Lanka and again um, there's a New Zealand missionary um, trust um, here, which supports New Zealanders that are doing mission work abroad, and they um, they sent us some money to enable us to be able to take the half-hour flight across to uh, to Bangalore in India and to be able to attend that school. And then just here and there, brothers and sisters, um, you know, sent us um, you know hundred dollars and said, please do something together as a family with us. Um, we'd like you to have a treat or something, and they, those those little things really lifted our spirits and, and allowed us to do more than what um, 
our conscience either would have allowed us or um, we were able to, yeah. Right. And then the other big challenge that you face often is that you have a mortgage, you have a house, you, know, you might have a local mm. commitments that you're leaving behind. And we were blessed to have um, tenants on the, both occasions when we left for extended periods. We had tenants in the home, which were then able to cover the costs, uh, the running costs, you know, the rates, insurance, and uh, everything else. Yeah. So, so did, you, uh, did you rent your house out fully furnished or did you put your things into storage while you're away? We had um, have a double garage. We boarded off one side of it and then we stashed all our goods downstairs and said that that okay. wasn't being leased. <laughs> right. So that, that was a great help. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Did you have to cope with any sickness or, or major issues um, while you were away overseas? Oh yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I think first time when we were there. Oh, you yeah. mean in Sri Lanka? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, I had a baby over there. That's a major issue. I really thought I should just come home and have the baby, and it's amazing. It wasn't God's will I should come home, because I mean, I had so many individual little aspects of encouragement. Um, the first one was that. My mum, and without consulting me and without even knowing I was pregnant, went ahead and booked a ticket to visit us in Sri Lanka. And she arrived. She was due to arrive like two. Uh, uh, she arrived two weeks before the baby arrived. So she booked oh, wow. a long time before. That was eight months before. So I had my mum there. She was a huge help. Yeah. Huge help to us. Yeah. Oh, that's um, awesome. And then uh, we managed to find a hospital um, through bumping into a lady, uh, a Western woman who'd had five children there. And she was a doctor and she said, this is the hospital you have babies at. And, um, but it was expensive, but somebody just took it into their heart to send us the amount of money that was required for, you know, um, the obstetrician and the hospital delivery care and all that sort of thing so that was all just t taken care of you know it was like oh, that wow. amount of money that was needed yeah so and multiple things like just somebody who said you know you can use my car seat i'd never sent anybody in sri lanka with a car seat you know or baby clothes i didn't have any of that stuff with me so i just yeah you could really see god's provision oh and the other thing was that um our visa was due to run out and the second time we visited Sri Lanka we had terrible troubles with our visas so it's not an easy process but in this case when God's plan is that you stay there then nothing is a problem so Rob <laughs> went to the visa office and said our visa is due to run out my wife is like seven months pregnant you know can we have an extension or do we need to leave Sri Lanka and go to India and have it renewed because we didn't want to do that last minute and the um, agent was so helpful. He said, oh, no, we, we love having families come to Sri Lanka. And, and we, we think, I think you should stay. And look, this is the kind of visa you need to apply for. And you just need to put your children in local school and get them to do an art class or something once a week. And then I can, you can have a visa to stay for as long as you like. And so we did. I mean, I'm just, and here I'm wanting to go home, and God's saying, "No, no, stay, stay. Everything's taken care of," you know. So it's it's very reassuring for your faith then, because you can see that it can it seems just overwhelmingly difficult, but actually it's not a problem. It sounds like you've had some incredible faith building um, experiences over there. Then, yeah. Yeah, you uh, become very conscious of your dependency upon um, upon God and how much we do all need Him because uh, you feel so powerless and mm. so so much is out of your control and so unfamiliar that you become um, very keenly and um, you know very earnest in your requests for for help and support mm. and guidance. So to receive it like that is uh, is is very faith strengthening mm. and encouraging. Yeah. Yes. So um, yeah, having the having Asha there was um, was a great blessing. Again, it served to really encourage uh, other people to see that 
we were living in the country well and truly if we were having having a family there yeah. and mm -hmm. uh, again they just they just loved seeing a um a little white baby for them it was it was just uh, <laughs> something amazing but they also say that once we had a baby they all you know often people say oh now you are locals now you are locals yeah, you're, they, not, they, you're not foreigners you are locals so they, they always refer yeah. to her as a sri lankan baba yeah sri lankan oh. baby <laughs> So that that was um, that was fairly st uh, stressful at times, but um, thankfully, by God's grace, it worked out uh, well. Um, it, the the first major illness that we had was, um, or just within a month or so of uh, being in the country, and there was a terrible gastric flu that was going around, and it hit us. Um, it just wiped out really the whole family, one after another, uh, one after the other, and um, a few simultaneously ending up with Rochelle. Thankfully, by God's grace, I didn't really um I didn't really get it. Oh, that's and true. And we have to just tell you as well that it actually all the family room except Rob were in bed on the day once a month there was a Bible study day. So that took a lot of time preparing for that too. Mm -hmm. We'd have people come from all over for this, so for this one study day. We'd yeah. feed them, we'd give them lunch and morning and afternoon tea and Robert do talks on a particular theme and you'd advertise and send it out. And on that day, we were all upstairs in the mission flat, all sick as a dog and bears with vomiting and diarrhea. And he's downstairs running around, doing the talks, making the tea, buying the lunch, you know, telling everyone oh, it's fine, but just don't go upstairs, use the bath downstairs bathroom. Oh, it was terrible, wasn't it? That was a pretty hard wow. one, yeah. And then that's yeah. that. That evening, I think it was, um, or the next day, Rochelle started uh, hallucinating, and her fever was so high, and she oh, was no. in such a bad way. It was, it was really, really tough. So anyway, the next morning, we bundled everybody into a, a tuk-tuk and to, went off to a, um, a visit a doctor, and uh, we phoned him up, and t he said, "Come in the back door. Don't go in the front." He yeah, said, Come we, in the we back came door. in. We came in the front, and there's heaps of people in the waiting room there. And then um, one of the nurses said, "No, just come out around the back." So <laughs> we we felt a bit bad being ushered around to the back of the building, but he had a, a back entrance door to his um, his consulting room, and there, up on the um, uh, was up on the left hand side of the door. We we saw pasted up there the words of Psalm 91, and we we had all been learning that together by rote as a family. Oh, oh lovely. yeah. And we found we found that just so encouraging when you know we felt like we were at death's door, and we're you know <laughs> doubting whether we were there for the right reasons, and yet that psalm, um, if you're familiar with it, is you know he that abides under the shadow of the Almighty or dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And it's all about God's wonderful care for for his, his people. So we found that tremendously encouraging. And mm. uh, he just he reassured us that it would pass and we sort of hung in there. And yeah. thankfully it did, didn't get worse. It actually got better for us. It was just yeah. a new bug to the, the, mm. new, the newbie. In fact, after that, I don't think we got sick at all, did we? Not, not majorly. The kids mm. occasionally would have low fevers, as kids do, as they're building up their antibodies and things. And in Cambodia, that was particularly a challenge, keeping the kids well when um, some of the food hygiene preparation is, is just horrendous so right. um, we didn't the kids didn't yeah. keep so well in Cambodia um, even though they were older and more robust really at that stage but um, the other major challenge in, in Cambodia was um, Asha being um, uh, stung by a box jellyfish across her thighs and onto her hands so um, that was very traumatic for a long time while she worked through those uh, injuries mm. as a consequence mm. but we're very thankful that um, she's still alive and well and can walk well and um, yeah, no long-term effects other than very nasty scars. Mm, mm. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah it sounds like some very stressful moments. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but, but also just being working. To see That's God right. working in all the midst of this must have just been so encouraging. Mm. It very much was because, uh, yeah, when you without the familiar, familiar doctor, without the familiar medical facilities and care, 
it's, uh, it can be a bit unnerving. Mm. So um, to have the, all the extra encouragement along the way is um, a rich blessing. I mean, mm. yeah, for us, uh, we, we, we definitely look back each time and think, oh, that was, you know, one of the richest um, times of our, our life and family life together was uh, was doing that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, so you talked about you talked about like several financial donations that came in at, at various times that really helped. What well, was there any other ways that people at home were able to support you? You know, people in New Zealand or South Africa or uh, wherever people were. Um, yes, well, um, both Rochelle's parents and my parents came and visited us um, a couple of times in in Sri Lanka, and that was uh, hugely encouraging. You really hang out to see family and friends. Yeah. Um, when you're away for an extended period, so that was a tremendous blessing. And then we um, we also had visits from other people who were um, wanting to do short-term field work, so they might come for two or three um, two or three weeks, and uh, that was that was some were helpful, others <laughs> others were a hindrance because they just came for a holiday um, at the rest home, you know, at the guest house. Right. But, you know, everyone's at different stages. Um, and sometimes it's people's, you know, that's the stage they're at. They need some exposure to it. Yeah. They need to be inspired and maybe the next visit or the next one they'll be, you know, yeah. they'll mature into it. We had some wonderful yeah. Yeah, Simon and Kate are my brother and his wife, they came twice. Yeah. Yeah. And once once people had been once as well, it was they, they gained the extra there was the extra advantage to them coming a second time because then the local brothers and sisters knew them, and then you know they can take up again their relationship. Yeah, they can be effective far more early yeah. on. Yeah. Mm, so yeah. yes, to answer yeah. your question, um, Sharon, um, visitors were very in encouraging and supportive for us, but not everyone's able to do that. And others um, certainly wrote to us um, or phoned us. It wasn't phones weren't really working um, in our first trip mm -hmm. because um, telecommunications were still very shonky. Um, and cell phones weren't really a thing. No. no. There was a um the brother and sister that we took over from. Um, they were Dorothy. She used to send probably every three months a she called it an FFP, a fun-filled parcel, and she oh. just bought a whole bunch of little games or little art toys supplies or, yeah. or whatever all and sorts of little fun things and send them over and that was just wonderful for it's the just children. like a glory pack for the yeah. kids they just loved it yeah. that would have been great, great. yeah yeah so people were very thoughtful and um always encouraging us and saying they're remembering us in their prayers and we, we really did feel well supported by mm. um the brotherhood particularly in perth um, and our and, and um, immediate family were were very supportive um, mm. of our work there. Mm. 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 We cool. did make an effort to write um, a newsletter probably every I don't know I don't know how often we tried to do it fairly regularly, but probably the the gaps between issues got <laughs> yeah, longer and longer. As possible, more so than yeah. any timing. Yeah, well, maybe two or three months, I suppose, and. Um, that sort of that kept, I guess that kept it front of mind for people as well. And then they would send us an email. Yeah, it was really mm. lovely when people made contact and you knew that, you know, there mm. was some encouragement was there too. And prayers. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so did you have any other, like, was there any particular story that you wanted to, you know, you wanted to share there uh, of your time away? Do you have any particular memory that, like, you know? inspiring memory or anything that particularly stood out um, um oh, which trips that was on oh yeah uh so many um anyway i mean for me one of the most i guess the most deeply satisfying uh experiences was uh something that came out of great tragedy really which was the 2004 tsunami that uh, we were um we mm. had only been in Sri Lanka for three months, two to three months, and then that tsunami um, hit all throughout. Uh, uh, I mean, there were just tens of thousands of people's lives lost, and in parts of Sri Lanka, the the wave came three kilometres inland, 
um, we we were um, up the uh, the coast around the back of the island a bit, and it only came in about a, a meter high um, in the coastal fishing village where we were, and, and sort of pushed boats up an estuary area and crunched them up underneath a bridge. And I think only one man lost his life um, who uh, was on the waterfront. Um, but at the time that that struck. Um, the, the locals were in, uh, it just started to panic because they didn't know anything about it. Uh, they didn't know what a tsunami was. Um, and the first we heard of it was the neighbor coming racing down the lane, banging on everybody's gates and saying, you must go, get out, get out. Water is coming, water is coming. Mm. So um, we didn't know what was going on and uh, started to make inquiries. We didn't have a TV, we didn't have, um, we couldn't understand the local radio or anything. So. We went and spoke to uh, a neighbour across the road who was um, standing outside her gate with her, her suitcase packed and um, her English wasn't great. We got some idea of what was happening and then I went a bit further up the lane and there's another neighbour that I, I knew and, and watched CNN. He had CNN on a, yeah, uh, on a TV and he had good English. So then I, I was able to appreciate that it had been a tsunami that had devastated uh, most uh, so much of the country and around the uh, that area. So um, I decided to hop on my my bicycle and um, head out and go and towards the coast. Towards the coast, not away from the coast, and not away from it, <laughs> and just to see what it was. Because from my school geography, I figured that you wouldn't get repeat events like something like that happening um, within very short duration. Yeah. Maybe it was foolish, I don't know, but anyway, when I, got, I remember, I'll never forget heading out on my bicycle onto the road, and it was just absolutely packed with uh, motorbikes and tuk-tuks and cars and buses all hooting and honking with all their household belongings and possessions just piled up around them, all all fleeing the city. And there was this white bloke on a bicycle going against the flow yeah. of the traffic. <laughs> heading down to the coast and it was beautifully peaceful down there actually because uh, everybody had left and I could see the damage that had been done and uh, it looked like it was it was settled back again so anyway I, I biked back to the mission flat and we didn't have a van we didn't have any vehicles to, all vehicles were fully occupied we didn't have a mission van so we thought well if it is if something does by rare a chance come through again Mm. We need to at least move all the leaflets upstairs from the downstairs storage. So we did that, <laughs> trying to be as yeah. calm as we could and do it as quickly as we could for the children's sake, because they were a bit stressed. And then mm. we just went upstairs, and uh, I don't know how we were. We were trying to listen in by some means, but I think we. we anyway, sometime later we heard that the uh, that the the threat had passed and people were able to come back home again. Right. But anyway, what, what really arose out of that was that we did subsequent advertising and we had from individuals that showed tremendous faith and uh, conviction and were willing and keen to have classes for many, many months subsequent to that and now yeah. are, remain as, as faithful members of the Ecclesia in, in Sri Lanka. Elders. Yeah, yeah elders and uh, really just absolute really in the, uh, in the Ecclesia there. And we just, yeah, that, that really was the most satisfying um, outcome, I guess, that we could ever have hoped for, is to mm. have people yeah. that would respond in that way. And to have their baptisms before we we, leave, we left after a year to eighteen months of classes was um, probably yeah was for us the most deeply satisfying thing. Wow! wow. That's yeah, amazing. That's an awesome story. Yeah. Yeah. So well, from, we... from that, there were probably about or about ten baptisms, weren't there? Sure. I think we about all of Naomi's family and yeah, Sheila yeah, and yeah. their family and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there were probably about ten baptisms that came. Mm -hmm. They were directly. Would have okay, lost them for a moment. Been breaking up again, again. Yeah. Okay. Thank you.
advertise to the posts and army advertising? Because it wasn't it wasn't very easy to advertise. Don't tolerate Christians lightly. There's been violence, you know, bad blood going back. So you had to be very careful. Okay. Yeah. You'd, you'd expect um, people who were already Christians to respond, which was the case for 99% of the time. You know, Buddhist people wouldn't generally be interested. But um, after the tsunami, there was a lot of finger pointing, you know, in the communities. You would see it in the newspapers. Buddhists say, tsunami fault of Christians, you know, and Christians oh, wow. say tsunami fault of Buddhists, <laughs> you know, because they're not following the, you know, the right faith. So obviously, people were looking for a relig to put a religious, um, well, they're look looking to put it in a framework to understand the events, so they were particularly fertile to mm. listen to, you know, that lecture that you did down in Colombo. Lots and lots of people came to that, and that was really unusual, mm. wasn't it? And then mm. yeah, classes and things that uh, started after that. Mm. Yeah. Well, we uh, we'd, like, we'd like to wrap up tonight. We're really um, grateful for your sharing of your experiences. Just one last question: Have you got any advice for people who may be thinking they would like to go and do mission work at some stage? And you know about particularly with with taking a family overseas. Um. Yeah, uh, it, it is a very much an individual and a personal decision because um, if every family is, tries to be as effective and their witness and their, and their support for their local ecclesias and local preaching as much as possible. But um, we, we folk do have a, a desire to go abroad as a, as a family, um, if that becomes possible again soon by God's grace. We, we would certainly really encourage it. Um, the shared experience of uh, the challenges that we you face as a family really uh, help family um, relationships and rapport um, within the family. And then, you know, because to be abroad as a family with the sole purpose of being there to, um, to witness and share the, the word of God with others helps the whole family and all the children appreciate that that's that's the reason for our existence if you know what I mean which it is it ought to be anyway but it becomes that much more uh, clear I think to see that that is the reason for our family life and the Lord is to share it with others as much as possible so we, we would really encourage um, um, other families to um, pluck up the courage and to look for the support um, that is there uh, to help them, whether it be financially or to other families who've been before to share their experiences and to um, help clear doubts and anxieties that they might have. And then to consult with the um, the Bible Mission Committees because they have a on-the-ground awareness of where the need is around the world um, and certainly in the Asia-Pacific regions for us down here and know which countries are best suited for families, depending on the, the, the nature of the work, the conditions, um, the young people that might be there, that might be needed, and so on. So they can give a lot of good advice and uh, help steer you in the direction so that you're not just going out blind. Um, you really do want to work in with the, uh, the um, ACBM to be best placed and well supported by them too. Mm. So yeah, and we'd be we'd be very happy to share our limited experience with others too, um, if that if opportunity arises, of course. Mm. But to be oh, making so much. approach approach the thought, you know, prayerfully, um, knowing knowing that God wants the best for us and He's willing to use, you know, a willing heart. If it's if it's the right thing for 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 you and you can be used. You know, we like we have tried twice. Rob had had a, a passion for South America, I think, because of his aunt having been there. But um, I would say that yeah, probably at least twice the doors closed there. It we didn't go it as wasn't a family for us. It wasn't our first mm. choice to go to Sri Lanka, but that's where we ended up. <laughs> you know, so, or or even in Cambodia, you know, they have to believe that you know God will direct if you're willing to 
um, be be wherever God wants you to be, then um, he'll he'll guide you. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for your time tonight, for your expertise, for the the inspi inspiration that you've um, you've shared with us all. Um, it's been really really good. I'm, I'm so you know if we, well if it was travel time again, I'd be probably thinking about it more. <laughs> Uh, so thank you very much. We really appreciate that tonight. Yeah. You're welcome. Coming, coming up yeah. on Family Matters, on the 10th of May, we have the process of parenting and discipline with Ben and Ben Pitcher and some of his family. Could be interesting. On the 24th of May, we have um, John and Mary Bellello speaking about simpatico in marriage. So there you go. And on the 7th of June, coming up, we have uh, Darren and Josie Horrell talking about fatherhood. So that'll be really cool. Um, if you're wanting to get emails to remind you about what's coming up, um, just send me an email, robert at thinkythings.com, and I will add you to the email list. And when my computer starts sending things, I will send you emails. Um, and if you want to see past recordings, um, we have them on our Pakaranga Christadelphian website. So just Google Pakaranga Christadelphians and you'll be able to watch this one and a whole lot of others. And there's a whole lot of other stuff on that website as well that you'd probably, be, you'd probably really enjoy. Uh, so thanks again, Rob and Rochelle. We've really enjoyed tonight. Um, would you mind closing with prayer, please, Rob? Sure. <clears throat> Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we are truly grateful to be called your children, privileged to be sharing together in the hope of life everlasting in Jesus Christ, your Son, for whose coming and whose kingdom we long for and pray for. We thank you tonight that we've been able to think about participating as being fellow labourers together in uh, far-off lands. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that wherever we may be in this world, we might be able to witness to the light and joy and love that you have shared with us through your word and through your Son, and to be able to encourage all around us to share eternity together in your glorious kingdom. We remember our brothers and sisters, particularly at this time, who are struggling in uh, countries such as uh, India, where COVID is really bad at the moment, and uh, brothers and sisters will be struggling too. And many countries where there are great restrictions, lack of fellowship and hardship. And we ask, Father, that um, these situations might turn to opportunities to depend upon you to look to you for strength and guidance and that their faith might be strengthened and encouraged. We are grateful that your angels are ever present about us to lead us and guide us in the way and to bring us safely to your kingdom. Receive then our thanks for our time of blessing together and hear our prayer and praise in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.